You're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I introduce ourselves and talk about the pilot episode of Chuck entitled Chuck vs. The Intersect. Remember to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at gochuckpodcast. Like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Here we go! it would have been more like death of a loved one kind of thing but if you're most concerned about having to phone in a podcast then i'd say that you're you're pretty well off it's true i'm um, blessed you are right. blessed so i don't i don't need this for my introduction because i didn't write any of that down no no there's no introductions written down um we are recording okay that's good um so hello welcome third party audience hi viewer reader welcome into my home that you can't see yes we are in well i'm not going to get into whose apartment we're in because we haven't introduced who who we are oh no so i don't want to you know go that far yet um i don't know you want to just kind of hang out in this weird anonymous limbo space for a little bit yeah that's kind of nice just hanging Someone messaged me, uh, I'm selling a PlayStation, and someone messaged me, and their names was Knives, and then their last name was also Knives, and then their picture was just Knives. So we're kind of like Knives right now. You don't know who we are. Just imagine two talking Knives. And that's, <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, two talking Knives. How, how when you initially told me the story of selling your PlayStation, did you not mention the person who had both the first name and last name of Knives? I didn't, uh... I didn't want to uh, invite knives back into my life. I I was satisfied uh, not having knives involved. Okay. Um, but now he's here. So. Is knives buying your PlayStation Three? No, knives is not okay. buying my PlayStation Three. This isn't going to be released for a little bit, so I, I think will, your PlayStation Three has already been sold at this point. I will update everyone next episode on okay. the the status of my PlayStation Three. Okay, that's that's good. Okay. Now that we've established some stakes, yes, um, some plot, there is a PlayStation 3 involved. I think it's fine to just jump in and establish who is selling this PlayStation 3, which is really what I believe the show is all about, That's, is yes. selling pl- PlayStation 3. Yes. Um, okay. I'm joined right now, I haven't been introduced, but I will stay anonymous for a little bit longer, yeah. by someone who um, I've worn their pants. <laughs> Uh, he is not the first, not the last, but he is one of many. I am one of many people to have worn her pants at some point in my life. Um, this is this is a very talented, um, very charming, um, Aaron Arada. Wow! Oh, so much applause! Hello, everyone. Uh, you are, in fact, as we have implied, in my home. So thank you for joining us here. Um, if my cat comes over to you. Don't be bothered. He is friendly most of the time. Ooh. Um, I guess I'm going to introduce you. You have, you have set that up for me. So okay, yeah. So that's a, a uh, 
tall order to fill, but I am joined by um, the talented, charming, and many other adjectives, Chris Gillespie. Um, I'm, that, that's Chris clapping, that is not me, but he does, he does deserve much applause. Um, he has provided uh, the recording equipment here, so uh, you could say that this would not be happening without him. That's right. My main contribution to this life is the fact that I own an audio recorder. Yes. Um, that's my um, that's my thing. I have an audio recorder, um, and Aaron's like, "Hey, uh, I want to talk into an audio recorder. Can you it's bring the audio recorder?" I, yeah. I uh, I was born, and immediately I said to my mother, "I would like to record into an audio recorder." And my life has been leading up to. I've just been looking for people who may potentially one day have an audio recorder. Mm -hmm. And when I met Chris at college, I said, gotta hold on to that one. Yes. Yeah. One day. Interestingly enough, I did not have an audio recorder at that time. Yeah, but I knew it, you had the potential. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, and we did, as you said, we did meet in college. We met at a very specific college. Emerson College in Boston. Yep. Um, is where we met. And I, um, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves right now, but I'm thinking... This right here, I think, is going to be on the cover of the alumni magazine. I think so. I think this has that quality. It's, it's called Expressions, and my dad saves every single one for me. There's a stack of them in my room, and I have never acknowledged them. My uh, my mom recently sent me the new copy in the okay, mail, good. special, um, from home, and I flipped through it, as you do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we'll be on the cover of that, probably yeah. in six months, maybe? Probably like tomorrow. They're going to get wind of this. Tomorrow, the yes. day after we release this, they're yes. going to print out no, a special copy? No, the day after we record it, it won't even be released yet. They'll oh, jeez. Yeah. And it'll be like, errata, comma, apostrophe, 14, and Gillespie, comma, apostrophe, 14. Yes. Doing this thing. Yep. And then we're on the cover. With All like, right. um... Yeah. What are we doing on the cover? Women in film. Or whoever is on the cover of Expressions. All right, yeah. That sounds right. A speech therapist, maybe? Yeah. A journalist, right. um, somebody who's using computers mm -hmm. to tell stories. Maybe you know what? Maybe that's where you heard of the show from. Maybe that's what brought you <laughs> is because you read about it in Expressions, the Emerson College alumni yeah. magazine. Welcome, welcome, Emerson alumni from the Expressions magazine. Um, we're glad that you are joining us on this journey, and this journey is okay. Well. A little bit, just to establish a little bit more context about ourselves, um, but we are both creative people. It's true. Um, we are both writers. Yep. We both have experience uh, screenwriting. We do. We both once wrote a How I Met Your Mother spec script. We do. We share that credit. And to uh, fanfiction.net, and then yes. had a, uh, I got more readers, but I mean, who's counting? We did have a contest of um, writing How I Met Your Mother fan fiction um, one summer. We had to write an episode of that, and we had a contest to see who could get more likes yeah. or views. And comments. And comments, I, and Aaron got Aaron all won of that. Them, all of those things. Yeah. We, um, in fact, had to uh, mix How I Met Your Mother. We had a crossover with yes. uh, The Wizard of Oz, just for a little bit more context. A little bit more context. Surprisingly, uh, not hard to combine those two things. No, not at all. Absolutely. Um, but this, this show is not about how I met your mother. But we are creative people. Um, we actually, we met in a literature intro to literary yes. studies freshman year, um, 
I this is not the moment that we met, but this is when I think the we were infused with some kind of special powers when um, we had to close our eye close our eyes and uh, guide the other person through drawing a cathedral. Yes. In class. Yes, we did. Uh, I don't. Did you draw it or did I draw it? I think I drew it. Okay. Um, it it came out very nice. It looked kind of like a combination of a, a cat with Darth Vader. It was not really like a cathedral. This was not just a kind of insane exercise that our teacher made us do. It was based on the story Cathedral by Raymond Carver. Which, interesting story, also not what this podcast is about, but worth noting. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of, that was a moment. That was an icebreaker, if there ever was one. Yeah. Close your eyes and this person's going to coach you through drawing a cathedral. Yep. And look, here we are now. Yep. Thanks, Dr. K. We made it. Thanks, Dr. K. Um, I wonder if there's any oh other duos of... Oh, no! Oh, God! So, so that sound um, right now, the microphone is, uh, is propped up on the top of a cat-scratching tower, and Aaron's cat, Templeton, just came up uh, and started scratching the tower. We should have known that would happen, Which, but God, we should have seen that coming. Oh, God. Thank, Thank you, Templeton, you. for pointing that out. Thank you for contributing. So if it sounds like the, the apartment's caving in, it's not. It's just Templeton scratching the cat post, which is what he's supposed to be doing. There's not supposed to be a microphone on top of the cat scratching post. Um, so yeah, that was how we met. We became friends. We lived in the same dorm room. Um, from that point, not we didn't live in the same dorm room. Uh, we lived in the same dorm building. Yeah, it turns out we were roommates that whole time. We had no idea. Um, and uh, we ended up... Uh, taking a lot of classes together afterwards in mm -hmm. a way that seems um, unlikely to most people or probably like I think what we did was very like how when you're a kid you picture college and you're like I'm, me and my friends are gonna be in the same classes yeah. all the time that's just what we did yeah it was like every episode of every high school or college TV show where all the kids happen to be like every character that is important is just in a class together that was our life right it was but really we had a we, not all classes just like one class a semester yeah and we had the same, so it was like every, it was weird, yeah, it's, it was nice, it was very yeah, nice to have nice. a friend in all classes, yeah. and to, uh, to have a homework buddy, um, and then we did become sweet mates. Yes, that final was how semester. the aforementioned pants incident occurred. And I still, yes, I ended up wearing Aaron's pants, which is a, well, a story we can get to maybe at some point in the Yeah, future. a couple episodes in, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Um, they weren't like real pants, uh, it's fine, I'll just, <laughs> I'll save it. Um. So that is how we were brought together. Um, we're going on uh, seven years, yeah. I guess, this yeah. summer yeah. we met. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, now we both live in New York City. For now. I guess why we're gathered here today is to discuss a television program, but not just any program. Um, this is a section that I wrote down in my notebook in the art outline as why this show slash why the show. So let's start with why this show. This show, we are discussing the television program Chuck, um, which I have written in my notes, premiered in 2007. Yes. So uh, it's kind of like a 10th anniversary celebration of Chuck, a little bit late, but I thought it came out in 2008, but it came out in 2007. Yeah. Sorry, Chuck, um, we dropped the ball on that. Yeah. It was on... NBC, the National Broadcasting Company, channel, c company, company, uh, 
It was on Mondays at 8. That I didn't know. Which I know because that was when... Uh, we had this thing back in the day called linear television. When you, If you wanted to watch something, you actually had to make a commitment to be at the television at that time. What rather than just concept. streaming it whenever you wanted, 24-7 forever until right, your eyes bleed. for the streamers now, I see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be... Uh, let's... I'm going to say it up front. I'm going to be offending a lot of people on this adventure that All we're right. about to embark on. Um, and then, in general, facts of Chuck that I have written down right now. So we have premiered in 2007, NBC, Mondays at 8. <laughs> I don't know what's on NBC's Mondays at 8 now, but don't... Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's This Is Us? Might be This Is Us. Could be This Is the Us. The only thing I can think of is uh, the, the Cape or the... The cape? Was it called the cape? The cloak? <laughs> the cape, uh, yeah, that was on at some point. Maybe <laughs> probably not before now. Chuck, probably. <laughs> I did watch that. <laughs> um, my third fact that I have about Chuck, uh, I, I, I did, um, I left a lot of space in my notebook for this general fact section, and it's a lot of blank space. But under the blank space, I wrote Adam Baldwin and Yvonne Strahovski were both in Mass Effect 2. So those are the three big facts you need to know about Chuck. A really good fact. Premiered in 2007, Mondays at 8 on NBC, Adam Baldwin and Yvonne Strahovski were both characters in the PlayStation 3 game, Mass Effect 2. Is that how they met? No. Okay. So, um, why Chuck? So when I, in 2007, I was 14 and I was just a, just a little boy of age 14 and I was looking for a show to watch um, and I thought I had found that show in a program, I don't know if you remember this, uh, I found this program called Reigns which starred Jeff Goldblum as a detective that could talk to ghosts and I was like wow this is going to be my show because I was looking for a show that wasn't a reality show but also was not like a straight up comedy, like I wanted a little bit of drama or like some kind of serialization yeah is that a word yes maybe where i could like follow it like i just wanted a show to follow um so i thought reigns was my guy uh reigns was canceled very soon uh <laughs> um so i didn't really know what to do but they were advertising the show a lot that was called chuck that was about a uh <laughs> a heterosexual white guy uh who seems socially awkward around women and i was like hey that looks familiar. <laughs> so, uh, and the tone of it, it had, it was like a comedy mixed with like action spy stuff. Um, so I remember watching the pilot of it when it premiered and being like, wow, um, I think this is going to be my show. I really like this. And then sure enough, uh, over the next five seasons, six seasons, I think it's five, five, I, I saw every episode of Chuck and continued to fo uh, follow it and for a long time, I would not miss Mondays at 8. I would watch it when it was on. Uh, and that was a ritual that I had. So I have a very special relationship with Chuck. <laughs> that sounds creepy. But uh, <laughs> as a 14-year-old, I had a very special relationship with Chuck. And right now, it's all about uh, 10 years later. I have not re-watched Chuck since that initial viewing. And um, I'm kind of curious to see how it holds up as an adult, as a person who... Went to college to study storytelling and things like that nature. I, I think I have a little bit more perspective now on things. So I'm just interested to see if it was really all that I remember it to be. If I still like it as much. Um, what, it, what it's like. Uh, also, 
I have the entire series on DVD and 95% of that I have never touched some of them. Some of the seasons are not opened and this is a point of resentment for my mother who bought me uh, <laughs> probably all the seasons. So I'm going to finally go through and I'm going to watch these shows on DVD. I'm going to see how I feel about the show that I loved uh, that's just turning 10 and Aaron is here to guide me in this journey. Beat that errata! <laughs> um, so my story begins a little bit similarly. Um, I did not watch the show Reigns. Um, <laughs> Strike one. <clears throat> um, I, in my uh, youthful days as a 14-year-old also, um, I guess I also saw these ads for the show Chuck, and I... Um, I thought, wow, a show about a heterosexual white man making a fool of himself in front of women. That seems like something I want to see more of. So I put on the show Chuck with my dad, who is a heterosexual white man, um, and I said, let's watch this fun show together. And we got about five minutes in, I think we made it to like the theme music, and my dad said, what is this, turn this off, and we never watched it again. Wow. So then... A scathing indictment of yes, the pilot uh, of Chuck. Yeah, my, my father was not a fan. I think he was also upset that they were so blatantly copying Best Buy. I don't know why my dad uh, was so adamant that Best Buy and its brand should be respected, but he was, <laughs> he was not having the buy more for uh, the nerd herd. So um, <coughs> that... That happened. Um, I really did not think much about Chuck for several years to come. Um, once I had met Chris, I remember one very special Friday night in college where I wanted to spend a night with my friends. Um, we had had a long week of drawing cathedrals and learning storytelling and various other pursuits, and I said, hey, Chris, what do you want to do this Friday night? You want to, like, hit up that really sketchy club, you want to, like, go, like, go to a party, you want to, like, go watch a Quidditch game, because we didn't have football, we had Quidditch, and he was like, you know, I have a, uh, a tradition, um, it'll be really fun, and then, um, we watched the, uh, first episode of the last season, so I did see five minutes of the pilot, and the full first episode of the fifth season, um, I, I don't remember a lot of these things, but I do, um, I did know some spoilers going in that, um, was interesting. So cut to when I was 21, um, fresh out of college, I moved to New York. I decided, um, I needed, uh, I didn't know a lot of people here, so I needed to fill my time with a lot of Netflix um, as a supplement for human interaction, and I decided, you know, my dad's not here anymore, so why don't I give Chuck a try? <laughs> um, so <coughs> my experience of Chuck was not as a 14-year-old, it was as a very young adult. Um, I think that there will be some consistencies between um, me and Chris viewing this as more mature people, but I think I'm coming at it from I was close enough to the characters' ages and uh, close enough to being an adult that I was um, 
maybe questioning more things or thinking about them in a different way. So I am excited to see what I think of Chuck now, um, that I am a little bit older than 21, but I am also excited to see how my views as a 21-year-old and now overlap with Chris's memory of himself as a 14-year-old. That was good, yes. We will be talking about the pilot episode of Chuck yes. in this episode. Which is not called Chuck versus the pilot, or is it? It's not. Okay. It's called Chuck versus the intersect. Ah. But sometimes it's just called the pilot. Okay. It was called the pilot on Amazon. Yeah. It's called pilot on the DVD, too. Okay. Um, this is the kind of uh, hard-hitting information Chris brings to the table. <laughs> you, I Okay. I think we should, we should take a break real quick, and then I will come back, and I will give you even more hard-hitting information <laughs> about the DVD. Uh, when we come back with more... Go chuck yourself. And we're back with more Go Chuck Yourself. I'm here with Knives Knives. I'm here also Knives Knives. And we're ready to dive into the first episode of Chuck. We're going to... I mean, I think we, we got so caught up in our own stories yeah. in the first act, um, we, we managed to, by giving probably the most reductive, useless description of Emerson College, we ended up <laughs> giving the best, most accurate description of it's what true. it's like to go yeah. to Emerson College. Um, I realize that saying this will probably hurt our chances of being in the alumni magazine, that's okay. but that's fine. Um, but the, perp- the show is called Go Chuck Yourself. Um, it's a pun. It's uh, a play on words of a filthy word. A word what that. What is it, Chris? I'm not gonna say it. All right. Um, but if you, you can look it up on your computer, uh, if you don't know what it is, that's fine. Uh, or ask a friend. Um, make sure they're over the age of 18, though. <laughs> um, and in this show, we are going to be going through the first season of the the show Chuck, um, episode by episode. Yes. And um, maybe a few surprises along the way. Okay, that's a surprise to me. Yeah, I, so we'll find out if there's yeah. surprises along the way. We're going to, Aaron and I both watched the first episode of Chuck independently, uh, and now we are going to talk about it. So take me back, Aaron, take me back to that night in September 2007. I had just come home from a long day of eighth grade. <laughs> freshman year of high school yeah, freshman year of high school um i was like wow i can't believe i just started high school like this is so crazy there's so many new people here everyone's older what's going on what am i going to do with my life so oh wait hold on hold on i said i did promise at the end of the last segment that i was going to talk about the dvd oh, okay. of chuck yeah um do. so i know you were streaming this episode yes correct this, this episode in fact i was streaming okay i was watching it on dvd and um little known fact about DVDs, uh, Windows 10 does not support DVDs anymore. So although I have a laptop and a disk drive, uh, my computer would not play the DVD. So I had to download a software, not <laughs> unlike the Intersect, in order... In fact, I would, I would argue that this is more cryptic and more mysterious than the Intersect. The software that I'm talking about, of course, is VLC Media Player. 
which is that media free media player that has the traffic cone as their icon. I love that traffic cone. It stresses me out because I see the traffic cone. I'm like, something's wrong. Why? Where's the real icon? The traffic cone shouldn't be here, but the real icon is the traffic cone. The only other information that I have about the DVD of Chuck season one is that if you insert it into a computer, uh, the, the name of the disc, the file name of the disc is uh, Chuck, and Chuck is spelled C-H-I-U-C-K, uh, season one, episode one. Chuck is spelled with an I Yeah. on this DVD. That sounds, that sounds right. That I watched in VLC Media Player. With the traffic cone. With the traffic cone. Alright, do you have anything else to add? Um... No, I... Uh, nope, that's it. I'm ready to go back in time. Alright, so Chris has the episode memorized and he did not bother to take notes, but in fact, I do not have the episode memorized, so I am here to uh, start things off right. So the episode starts, um, there's these two men that you see in uh, Little Flashes that they are doing something suspicious. They are doing some kind of spy activities. They seem to have a rope. They seem to be escaping from somewhere. Um, then we come to find out that this is Chuck Bartowski, who is a 26-year-old man who is wearing the uh, some, some type of uh, business casual attire that seems to uh, be something you would wear maybe to a store. He's with his friend Morgan Grimes. I don't know if we know Morgan's name at that point, but that's who he is. So, um, And it turns out they are trying to escape from Chuck's birthday party. Um, I, in fact, did not remember any of this from the first time I watched this, either uh, in 2007 or a couple years ago. But I did have to comment that Morgan is hanging out of a window, and he is a very small man, but he seems to be very strong, so I admire that. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. Also, um, maybe he is not so strong because that apartment is on the first floor, as we later find out, either oh. in this episode and also other episodes, so why they needed a rope to climb out of it was something that I thought. And also, Chris is very on a high horse about his DVDs, but on Amazon I got things like goofs and trivia. So Amazon had oh. a lot to say about them hanging out of a first floor window and also wanted to point out that Chuck's party is literally happening happening in that courtyard. So them escaping out that window into the courtyard is not a good idea. Yeah, that is uh that's so, a good point. Yeah, maybe it's a goof, maybe it's poor planning, maybe it's character development. Who knows? <laughs> um But whatever it was, it was enough to make your dad immediately hit yeah, the show and not. your dad checked out Right away. My dad has escaped too many parties by tying sheets together. Yes. Not again, not again. But the, the party is being thrown for Chuck by his older sister. Yes. Ellie. Ellie. Who's Bartowski. a doctor. She is a doctor. And uh, her husband, who's also a doctor. I don't think they're married at this point. Oh, God. I don't even think they're engaged. Oh, no. That happens later. What, what have it's I a done? spoiler. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm just ruin oh, I'm messing up all the timelines here. Well, her, her partner. Yes. Uh, Captain Awesome. Yeah. And they throw a party with, like, cool people. Yeah. Because they, they want Chuck to find a, a girlfriend. Um, so they invite people that he doesn't know. And yeah. he's just so uncomfortable with it that they're trying to escape. Because they're, like, schlubby, nerdy dudes. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's yeah. I, I don't know. Nerdy's a reductive term. But they're just not socially comfortable. Yeah. They're just socially awkward. 
I, um, this episode did a really good job of, uh, there were a lot of close-ups of people talking, and it did make me very uncomfortable, so I understood why Chuck wanted to escape, because if I was talking to everyone in a close-up, yeah. it, would, it would be very scary. I thought that was really smart from, like, a, like interest, introducing the character, the main character right away, how yeah. do you, like, get all these basic facts out, yeah. and having the girls, because he goes to the party and all yeah. the girls are approaching him and asking him all these basic questions... And he's telling them, but he's really telling the audience. So we get to learn about Chuck through this interaction. Yes. And it feels like a pretty organic way of doing that. Yeah. Even though we get a lot of basic information. Yeah. So I was like, this is good. This is smart right away. Yes. That was, that was nice. Um, something that <laughs> I did want to point out uh, chronologically here is that something I remember about Chuck, um, one of the things that I think is synonymous with Chuck, in my brain at least, is the song Short Skirt, Long Jacket by Cake which is not at all featured in this episode, although it later becomes the theme music for Yeah, they don't really do the title sequence in yeah, the, the pilot. It does not it does not happen. Um, which was very disappointing because I was I was sitting there with my cake t shirt and all my cake albums laid out around me and saying, Bring the cake, bring the cake and then it didn't happen. It was Cobra style and nobody wants that, but kind of we do. It's kinda of fun, but I know. love Cobra style. Alright, we'll talk about it later. Um, I did want to ask you this one question. Um, Chuck has his fingers taped up, and um, I, as we established, am selling my PlayStation 3 partially from lack of use. So I wanted to ask you, as a person who does play games, do you have to tape your fingers for video games? He said, it, uh, after six hours of playing, your fingers start to chafe. Have you I, ever, ever done this? I've never done that, no. Do you but know it people like, that do that? No, I do not. What would it accomplish? I'm assuming that you would, your, your, the skin on your thumbs would get so worn and broken from just doing the joysticks and button mashing that the skin would break a little bit or get sensitive, maybe. That so if you put band-aids on them, you would keep playing. So this is the kind of person that Chuck is. He likes to uh, play a lot of games. Um, he brings up his former roommate from Stanford, whose name is Bryce Larkin. Um, he, one of the girls um, knows him for some reason and asks what he's up to. Chuck says he's an accountant. Then we get a very quick cut to Bryce Larkin, who is not an accountant. He is, in fact, breaking into a uh, government-type facility. He breaks into this very big, creepy, white room and does something with a computer, and then all these pictures start flashing. And we don't know what's happening here, but it seems to be important. And the last picture is of the Statue of Liberty, which I'm sure Chris will tell you why that's important. <laughs> why do you think that's important, Chris? Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just caught really <laughs> off guard. I was focusing... So there's a lot of crazy images. It's very... Um, rapid fire subliminal imagery kind of like scary black and white footage yes. interspersed with like natural images like flowers and, and animals and the statue of liberty yep. um not that the statue of liberty is a, a natural <laughs> figure um it goes really fast and it's very off-putting there's like bombs and numbers and things yeah. like that so it, like you classes. get the vibe that there's some kind of government yeah i don't know if there was at some point there was a i don't think it was during this sequence but maybe it was during another one but it was a like an Egyptian pharaoh tomb wearing a suit was the effect that was in one of the images. I, I don't know if it was because they were both transitioning, but I was like, that's a that's an Egyptian pharaoh and he's wearing a modern suit. But what stood out to me during the big Bryce Larkin thing 
is that he's in this huge room yeah. and all that's in that all that's in the room is one computer and in the show it's like 2007 in the show but the computer looks like it's from 1995 the government moves slowly what can i say but then what ends up the intersect is allegedly this extremely complicated advanced data system that is a way of like computerizing the human mind and the only the only spot that the government is saving this is in a tiny not a tiny a huge 1995 Mac computer in a big empty room that is seemingly by itself and has no like backup systems or anything like that but do you think that that computer can run disks <laughs> touche um Another thing I noted about Bryce is that uh, when we first see him, he's, like, a little bit bloody. Like, he seems like he's been roughed up trying to get into this room. But we cut away to Chuck talking to some girls, and then we cut back to Bryce, and he gets so much bloody. Oh, he gets wicked he's like, bloody. He's soaked in that blood. But what he's doing is also crazy, because he's doing, like, it's real... I was... If I was thinking that it would just be, like, kind of a more conventional stunt kind of scene. No, he's... But it's, like, intense. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I have written here, explosion effects, not great. Parkour, very good. Very good. He, very good. He went from, like, a very tall building, and he jumped down different sections of yeah. it, and it seemed very high, yeah. and then he ended up on the ground, and yeah. he was fine. Yeah, he was okay. He was, like, well, Spider-Man level. Yeah. It was insane. Um, he, at one point, knocks a guy. He's going down a stairwell, and he knocks a guy over, like, the edge of the stairwell, so he falls all the way down. Um, and that's something that I worry about constantly because my cat likes to go to the edge of stairwells and I just picture him. So it was very, uh, triggering for me oh, to yeah. see this. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, he just straight up killed that guy. There is a lot of straight up murder in this show. There is. There is a lot of straight up murder. Uh, speaking of straight up murder, a, um, CIA agent? Is he CIA, Casey? No, he's NSA. He's NSA. An NSA agent shoots the man who is Bryce. Um, he's dead. Bryce is Bryce definitely is, dead. Bryce is really dead. Uh, but as he's laying there bleeding on the ground, yeah. he uses a device. I just knocked my own device onto the floor. <laughs> um, but he's using basically a weird version of a, a handheld tablet computer to email Chuck. Uh, or it says email processing, and it says email sent, and then it says to Chuck. I believe. So, what's going on there? <coughs> um, what is going on there, Aaron? I, I do know. So, Bryce sends Chuck an email, which we know has something to do with his uh, mysterious goings-on, but Chuck does not know this. He opens it, and it's uh, thinks it's a birthday gift for him. Um, it's a game that he and Bryce used to play together in college, and there's some kind of, like, riddle that Chuck has to answer. Um, it has something to do with a troll in a cave. So Chuck has to try type in attack troll with nasty knife, which is cool, but also sounds like the title of a series of unfortunate events book. The nasty knife, you know? The nasty knife yeah. sounds a lot like knives knives. That's true. Do you think knives knives has the nasty knife? Or is Nasty Knife, a nickname for Knives Knives. Because Knives Knives sounds mm -hmm. very formal. Yeah, yeah. That's his, like, when he's uh, playing sports, they call him Na Nasty, nasty knife. knife. Okay. Yeah. So, next we move on to uh, 
Chuck goes to his job at this uh, store called the Buy More. It is uh, not a Best Buy, as my dad would like to uh, clarify. It's basically a Best Buy. It is basically Best Buy. He works in something called the Nerd Herd. Um, at some point, someone refers to them as geeks, and they are very explicit. They are not geeks. They are no kind of squad. They are the Nerd Herd. They are saving themselves from any kind of copyright yes. infringement. They're establishing that they are the nerd herd. That is a better name, though. It is a better name. Yeah. Um, I think it, we're not at this point yet, but it occurred to me as we were as as I was watching this that at some point, hopefully later rather than sooner, there will be an equilibrium in time in between how unrealistic it is to have a computer in someone's head. And the fact that these main characters of these shows work at a big box brick and mortar store. Yeah. We're not there yet. Yeah. I think it's still more unrealistic to have this kind of computer in someone's head. Yeah. And it like you could still go to one of these stores and it would be fine. Yeah. I don't know. I who knows when this is gonna get released. Yeah. Who knows when people are listening to this? Yes. Maybe computers are already in people's heads yeah. when people are listening to this and that's that's normal and no one knows what a, a Best Buy is. But it's basically a big a big soul-crushing store full of expensive things that has like a hundred people working on it, working in it, and they just walk around and they uh, they just ask you if you need help and you you so say no thanks and yeah. they're like, "Now you sure?" Because they work in commission and it's just uh, always very cold in there. It is very cold. It's kind of got a warehouse type feeling. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, that was yeah. just my observation. All right. But I like I always I like the setting. Yes. And I like the environment because yeah, as hope. someone who has worked in retail environments for way too long, there's a certain kind of, not magic, but there's a weird kind of environment that comes from a retail environment. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I, I look forward to seeing more of this. Yes, me too. Um, also, all the employees at the Buy More are great. Um, a lot of them are recurring characters throughout the seasons, even just outside of the like named characters who we see. So it's really nice to see them like first introduced, like the little yeah. red-haired guy. I think he has a name, but nobody ever says what it is. So that's nice. Lester uh, and Jeff. Well, yeah, but they're named characters. Oh, okay. So speaking of Lester and Jeff, they are there, and also Anna is her name. Yeah. Um, they are the nerd herd employees, and they talk a little bit about things that they're dealing with, such as a virus that is caused by visiting the uh, website of a Serbian porn star called Irene Domova. Um, the first and only thing we hear her say in this video that causes a virus um, is, food is sexy. I didn't notice that. I did notice that because I related to it. Food is sexy. Food is sexy. <laughs> So, I don't know, uh... They don't show the... the I wish they did, because I want to know what prompted her to say that, or if she was just musing, and just was like, who is sexy? Because it's true. So, the next thing we see is, um, Casey, the NSA agent, is meeting with some of his NSA pals. Um, they explain a little bit... One of which could not be bothered to return for the actual series? Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. They were all all not... Who the hell is that? Not are they both different, or just the... I've never seen either of those people. Okay, maybe they're both different yeah. then. I, I recognize the woman was not the yeah. the general, or whatever. Who... Does does Beckman show up in the next episode? Maybe, I'm who assuming. Is, who does she... Is she CIA? What is she? We'll find out. We'll yeah. find out. We'll let you know. Yeah. Um, they explain about what the intersect is, so we haven't really known what was going on, but we now know that all the images um, that we saw flashing in that white, white room 
were uh, subliminal um, images encoded with government secrets. So um, when Chuck opened Bryce's email, he um, he saw all those images and the they uh, the secrets embedded in them effectively got put into his head. So. Um, Casey makes note that the little machine that Bryce was using uh, had a trace signature going to LA. So they are headed off to LA, baby. Yes. And um, when Chuck gets the thing into his head, um, when he first encounters the intersect, he stands up uh, for the whole night yeah. and just lets it download into his head. And yes. he's just kind of stunned and yeah. he's paralyzed. So the next day, he's tired. Um, and also, like, not really sure what's going on and has these weird visions yes, pertaining yeah. to the intersect. Yeah. Um, while he's at work, there's uh, something on a screen about, like, a general visiting. There's, like, people he sees and he, like, has these weird little visions. He's like, I don't know what's happening. Right. Um, but then, like a vision herself, Agent Sarah Walker appears. Although we don't know at this point that she's an agent, she is just a very beautiful woman who walks into the store and um, she's very, very rude to our good friends Chuck and Morgan and makes fun of their names, which is a very bold move for trying to ingratiate yourself into someone's life. She wasn't rude. She was kind of rude. Was she First, rude? she made fun of them because Chuck was on the phone and he was like singing and he was going like, Walker, Walker, and then she was like, Wow, you're such a nerd. I don't Vicky know exactly Bell, what you Vicky, said. Vicky, Vicky. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was just being sassy. Mm, she was being sassy. But then she said uh, that no one names their kids Chuck and Morgan, which, like, right. I know some people named Chuck and Morgan. I don't know any Chucks. No. Do you want to go by Chuck from now on? Would that be no, good for you? No, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, so I, you know, I thought she was a little rude. Oh, I also, mean, I was too busy... At this point, I was fully teleported back to 2007. <laughs> what did it feel my, like for you? Okay, I'm going to put my cards out on the table right now. I used to have, and to some extent still do, have a very large crush on Yvonne Strahovski, mainly because of this role. Yeah. And I knew that immediately. That was a huge draw of me watching the show in the first place. Um, and so when I saw her come back and it's like Chuck for Caesar and it's like slow motion or yeah. whatever, I also was experiencing the that feeling of of being uh, she's an attractive woman she's an attractive woman i was personally experiencing um another kind of flashback that was really like just a horror flashback to what the 2000s were like because she just has this like really like layered choppy hair she's got like blue eyeshadow on at one point i don't know if you were uh feeling that but i was definitely getting some uh wow this is really uh 2007 going on right here um that part not specifically but when she takes out her flip phone yeah. to get that service um that screamed 2007 to me yeah and then if that was not enough after that a man comes up looking for help with his camcorder yes as if at no point someone's like what if these two objects were the same thing in 10 years they will be the same thing neither of these things will exist because there's one that does both their jobs infinitely better than either one of these objects is doing it but i do i, I do like flip yeah. phones and camcorders um we get to see that chuck is kind of like a nice guy because this man with the camcorder um his kind of a nice guy sorry go ahead Just go ahead and say the thing this man with a camcorder is uh he tried to film his daughter's ballet recital um but he forgot to include a disc which is uh Maybe he was just a time traveler from the future. Tape. He didn't just... include digital tape. All oh, right, whatever. He 
Okay. Um, so Chuck helps, Chuck stages a ballet recital in the Bymore in front of all these TVs that are also showing the girl, and he, um, she's like 10, he tells her like, you're like a really good dancer, and she says, I always have to stand in the back, and he's like, why? And then she's like, because I'm too tall. She's not that tall. I mean, don't don't be patting yourself too hard on the back, girl. But she she dances. It's nice. Chuck um, Chuck feels proud of himself. Sarah is kind of like. Hmm. And this is an action that you describe as only kind of nice. That he staged well, it's, a. It's not nice to the other people shopping in this store. I guess so, but I'm thinking from my own experience as a retail associate, even sometimes as a supervisor. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Um, I would not do this for a customer. I like well, I, I like should. helping customers, but I would not stage. I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. But this, I like this because of like, okay, this is establishing him as a guy that has a really big heart yep. and he's creative. Yeah. Um, but also, this is absurd that because it's just like jump cuts to him having this pep talk with this girl that he doesn't know, and the father's nowhere near them. Like he's just one on one having like a coach talk with this girl, which maybe is what they meant to make it funny, yeah. but it's like, yeah, it goes on for a weirdly, not long amount of time, but she's like, I always have to stay in the back. He's like, well, yeah. you have to stay in the back. And like, this is so weird, but it is Pilot nice. Pilot episode, yeah. Pilot episode. Yep. Um, we get to find out about Harry, who was someone that I did not, I saw they him, get I did rid of not him, know who right? that was. He's gone. Yeah, he's, he's definitely. There's this other character, Harry, um, that's like his antagonist. Yeah, he's kind of like a Dwight, Dwight Schrute kind of type. Yeah. He's just like uh, very, like, uh, he's, he's really into the work. He really wants to be the assistant manager. When did The Office come out? Because which, which one copied the other? Because something's happening here. This copied The Office. All right, that's fair. Um, they, uh, Harry is applying for assistant manager. Chuck didn't even know that was an option for him, but now he's kind of thinking about maybe I should do that, but also he's too busy, like, staging ballet recitals, um, and dealing with this weird stuff going on in his head. And also, deep down, he knows he does not want to be an assistant manager. Yeah, I mean, who does, really? No, no one. There's no position lower than the assistant manager of a retail establishment. I'm just burning so many bridges today. <laughs> Uh, no one is going to ever hire Chris, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, this will be really awkward when I apply to be a <laughs> assistant manager at a retail establishment. Yeah. They're like, oh, we did a background check. And, uh, we listened to your podcast. Hour 25 of this <laughs> podcast, you said there's no lower position and no one wants to be a retail assistant manager. Uh, Chuck goes home. There's a ninja in his house. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The ninja's trying to steal his computer, and then... Um, Not just a laptop, like the, no, like the modem of yeah. the computer, yes. which they throw around like it's nothing. Yeah. And um, it's definitely like at least 100 pounds, yeah. probably. Amazon did point out that uh, if you dropped it, that kind of uh, modem thing, it would not break like that. I don't know, someone uh, someone did that experiment, and it did not. He, I he was, sees something over there. I hope there's not a bug. Sorry. I don't want to interrupt the show. My cat is uh, hunting in the empty kitchen, so we'll see. If you hear screaming, there is a bug. Speaking of hunting, this ninja is definitely out to get Chuck's computer. Yeah. And they have uh, Chuck and Morgan are not prepared to deal with an intruder. Yeah. So they they not very Morgan, good at it's it. a slapstick kind of Three Stooges yes. like uh, they're throwing vases and and Morgan breaks something over Chuck's head, yeah. and the ninja's throwing stuff at him, and the ninja's, like, has a mask on, you don't know who the ninja yeah. is, 
Um, and the computer, they're trying to steal the computer, but they break the computer. Yeah. Then the ninja runs away into a car, um, takes off the mask, and it is Sarah. Which I forgot about. Yeah, I also forgot about that. So that was a fun twist. But, I don't know, maybe this, I was like, that's definitely, the stunt person that they had as the ninja was definitely not a woman. That I I did not notice. Because I'm like, I don't know if that's sexist necessarily, but it just (laughs) looked like this is the body of a man. It doing this ninja stun and then Sarah takes and I remember thinking this too the first time I saw that I was like I was pretty confident that was the body of a man so I mean <laughs> she could have like worn padding or like maybe some kind of prosthetic suit mm-hmm. to look more like a man mm-hmm. that would be really cool they be never cool. show this yeah. or even allude to it yeah. at all no we just see her take off her mask and her hair looks perfect yeah which is something that I always love to see in movies because I wish that when I took off a hat my hair looked that good but it doesn't. It no. doesn't. Yeah. Well, we can't be perfect we can't, like yeah, Yvonne. We can't all Yvonne. Be, yeah. Yvonne, Yvonne. No one can be Yvonne except Yvonne. Yvonne Yvonne. Anyhow. Um, Chuck goes to... What is he? Is he trying to get his computer fixed? No, okay. So he, he... The following day, because the ninja breaks in at nighttime, yeah. and rather than like going and telling his sister who lives in the apartment complex... Yeah. I think like, in hey. the apartment, like in that. Street. Oh, they share He's, an apartment. Yeah. So like, hey, someone broke into our apartment. Yeah. That's he just starts the next day. And he's like, man, Mondays, am I right? <laughs> and so he's talking to Morgan, um, and uh, they end up going to what is basically like a Costco. Yeah, it's called Large Mart. It's Large kind Mart. Of like it's supposed to be like Walmart, but also kind of like Sam's Club. Yeah, it's like Sam's or like Club. BJ's. And it's next to Buy More. Yeah. And he says. He's going to Large Mart to get a new lock for his door, because once again the ninja All right, I did, I missed broke that. into his house. Yeah. Um, to get a, so he's going into there, going in there to get a new lock for his door, and uh, at this point, <clears throat> I wrote down that there's a lot of like a lot of the dialogue is kind of um, not heavy-handed, but there's a lot of I don't need to tell you that. And then they say something that the character probably would have already known. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of uh, different instances feelings about this this particular uh, scene in the large market. Okay, I wonder if we picked up on the same thing I, in the scene. Maybe not, but... Uh, okay. So, stop me if there's something that you have to say uh, before this, but there's a man there yes. who is uh, chopping... Um, the only man. There's yeah. no one else in the store. Um, Chuck is weirded out. He's trying to find the locks, and there's yeah. no one in there. Yeah. Um, there's this man, and Chuck goes up to him and asks if he knows where the locks are, and this man is in a leather jacket and is clearly shopping, and clearly, um, he doesn't work there, so why Chuck thinks he would know where anything is, is, uh, I think that what follows is kind of Chuck's fault, actually. This, uh, so I wrote down in my notebook, Chuck asks someone who clearly does not work at the store where locks are. Yeah. There's no way around it. There's not yeah. even someone like, well, maybe he was confused. Yeah. And I was like, maybe <coughs> because there's no one in the store, yeah. he's just asking another customer if he knows where the locks are. But it comes across like he's asking a professional, <laughs> and this man is wearing a leather duster coat and clearly does not work in the store. Has that ever happened to you? Have yes. You ever been in a store that you didn't it happens, work in? Yes. Um... Happens way too much because I think I just have that vibe yeah. of when I'm at a store, <laughs> like, oh, he, he probably yeah. works here. He's probably the assistant manager. <laughs> he looks like the lowest life form yeah. here. Um, but I was at the Hobby Lobby, mm. 
Okay. Good start to any story. (laughs) Great start. I'm in Hobby Lobby. Um, (laughs) Which, um, for, I don't know, we don't know when this is going to be released or when you're listening to this, but Hobby Lobby uh, is is an old store that is like what all stores are like now, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, But they, I was there looking for a basket for my mom. And it was winter time, so I was wearing my blue down jacket, and okay. I had a, a scarf. All right. And I was like very clearly wearing a coat. Yes, yeah, so a happy lobby employee. I'm looking at baskets, and fun fact about Hobby Lobby: there's no signs anywhere, so you don't know which department is which or where things are. You have to wander around. One of the many things that I love about Hobby Lobby. And I'm looking for baskets, and an old woman comes up to me, and she says, Excuse me, do you have more of these out back? And she's holding something, and I told her, I don't work here. And she looks at me, like, questioning that for a little while. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, it's okay, I just, I give off that vibe. Um, and she went around, and I was like, I'm wearing a jacket. I am not... But then I went up to the front, to the register... And the employees do wear the same color mm, that okay. I was wearing. All right. So I think that was probably the issue. Yeah. Was that she was old and she saw the color. That makes sense. And I probably looked like I was working, even though I was just assessing the quality of baskets. I um, once was in an Old Navy, and I was wearing a blue shirt and khakis for some unknown reason. I was very stylish as a teenager. Um, and someone came up and asked if I knew where something was, and I did. So I just showed them, yeah. and then they asked like where something else was, and I knew where that was too. So uh, Old Navy should have hired me that day. I should have brought home a minimum wage salary. Uh, yeah. You're welcome, Old Navy. Yep. So uh, that was, yeah. Char- so yeah, that was bizarre, and then there's a parade of forklifts, and he's freaking out because this guy looks really dangerous, Yeah. but he has the flash and the intersect that this yeah. guy's an assassin. Yeah. Um, the guy picks up a staple gun and kind of like gets it ready to go and I don't know if staple guns I've never bought one, but I don't think they're sold that way. No, they come in a they come in a box, right? Yeah, I, I would assume that something can't so you can't shoot just... someone. Yeah, I also have the note. I used to be really afraid of forklifts They were one of my top ten fears as a child. I Called them the beepy things and if there was one in a store I would not go near it and would probably ask to leave the store. So would you rank having to redo part of a podcast that is otherwise unscripted? I would say that would be two. BB Things 1. Okay. I don't know. That Something sounds fair. Finding a Bug, number three. Um, Chuck finds an actual employee. And this is something I had a real issue with. Because he goes up and says, hey, this guy is really, like, creeping on me. Um, and the lady points like over Chuck's shoulder and is like that guy and like the guy in the duster is checking out he's like smiling to the cashier he has his money he's buying a staple gun like it's the woman is clearly playing this office like that guy of mm-hmm. course not like he looks like a normal upstanding citizen and as someone who has also worked in retail if any the threshold is so low that if someone came up to me and said that guy is being weird I would believe them instantly. They wouldn't even have to tell me. The words wouldn't even come out of their mouth. I would be like, yes, that guy is weird. I believe you. Like, let's let's get you out of here. Also, yeah. like, she's a woman in America. Like, she she would believe that a man is being creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So well, This is 2007. This is a different time. I guess this so. This is when straight white men were beloved by everyone. <laughs> How times have changed. Um, Sarah's having a conversation with the FBI director, who also doesn't show up ever again. 
FBICA, one of one of the governmental branches. Um, it's not Beckman, so I don't know who he is, but she's there's, having, there's a that character continues. I he? think I don't okay. know if it's that actor. All right, but pretty, um, her boss is okay. So she's having a conversation with her boss. He says, like, Sarah, you got to get out of there. Like, the NSA is stepping in. Um, she implies that her and Bryce had a kind of relationship before he went rogue. So that's, like, kind of the first that we see or hear that, like, he was doing something he wasn't supposed to. He's, like, maybe a bad guy, although he's dead, definitely dead. So we'll never see him again. Um, he and Sarah seem to have had some kind of relationship as partners or romantic or something we don't really know but Sarah's like very adamant that she can fix the situation if he gives her 12 more hours um so he doesn't really say yes but she's she's got to stick around for plot reasons so she she does um she marches right back in to that buy more and she goes up to Chuck and he had previously fixed her phone and she had left her card um, Chuck was too nervous to call her or something, so she goes up and she says, I'm not sure I'm able to receive calls because I never got one from you. Oh, uh, so good. That was, she was going in for that uh, kill. I know, it was so yeah. good. Um, <coughs> I had a question for you. Um, I'm going to be moving soon. Um, do you think this is the right way to go about making friends? Because Sarah goes up to Chuck and it's just like, hey, I'm new to town. I don't know anyone. Employee who fixed my phone. Do you want to you wanna be my pal? You want to show me around the, uh, the city of Los Angeles? Uh, yeah. That right. sounds good. That's what I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the subtext of this joke is, like, you would not do that. But I think it would be kind of nice if you kind of tried to form... Like actual in-person relationships with people. Yeah, they're, you know. They're Rather really nice. than being like waiting to, so like okay, we're gonna do the computer thing for a while and then like I don't know. Yeah. Just be open to meeting people in person. All right. I'll uh, I'll approach people at Best Buy and see, see yeah. what I want to do. Um, she frames this as she wants someone to show her around, which I was very concerned that like, I know she didn't, but like if she really did, and Chuck misread this as like a girl asked him out, and he was so excited about this date, and she like he took her to like random places. Like, what if she actually just wanted to know like the good neighborhoods of LA, like fun things to do? He just takes her out to like a restaurant. Oh, so were you saying that it wasn't clear that it was a date? I think she needed to like straight up say, "This is a date," because she said show around. Well, I thought it was implied because she said I never got a call from you, right. which I thought was like a very bold but funny pickup line, implying that what they went on was a date. All right, so they're either way, they're both uh, pretty into this being a date. We have a sequence where they're both getting ready. Chuck is doing like weird nerdy things, like uh, practicing kissing on his mirror. Um, as you do. Yeah, as as one does. Um, Sarah. <laughs> the- uh, sorry. No. I was just, I had before this because there's like a reoccurring thing where like Chuck when he talks to the woman at the beginning he mm. talks about his ex. Oh yeah. And his yeah. sister's like don't do that. No yeah. woman wants to talk about your yeah. ex. And he's having a hard time because he hasn't really moved on. Yeah. Um, so they really want Chuck to date. Yeah. And Chuck comes home after work and says I have a date and it's the best news in the world and yeah. his sister freaks out. Yeah. My takeaway was that this is the day after a ninja broke into their house. <laughs> no and one cares. at no point no. did Chuck say, Hey, Morgan and I confronted a ninja <laughs> that broke into my house, our house, 
and the ninja broke what I'm assuming is probably like a thousand dollar computer. Yeah, Those things so. aren't cheap. Yeah. And at no point does this get brought up as just swept under the rug because yeah. Chuck has a date. Yeah, Chuck has a date. Even though their house could be in jeopardy or might be burglarized again. Yeah. But Chuck but has he, a date. he got a lock. Well, no, he didn't even get a lock. He didn't he get a lock because he ran out. So is yeah. So uh, their house is in danger. Yeah. Nobody cares. It's fine. Um, Anyhow, that was just my observation. But they are getting ready and it's a fun sequence. Yeah, it's fun. It's a very fun sequence. Um, I have a question for you. Please. That I realized around this time. Right. Um, and it's going to come up later again, but okay. during the ma- the getting ready scene, right. Sarah is like practicing kung fu or knife throwing in her lingerie. Yes. Do you think that she is overly sexualized, or do you think that as a character, like that feels authentic to something that she would do outside of the male gaze? Mm, I do have more to say about this, but it you don't have to answer now. It did remind me of uh, my my movie, my favorite movie. Um, of the summer of 2012, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. I saw it uh, in theaters five times. Um, there is also a scene in that where a woman uh, is in her underwear for seemingly no reason, um, while the male character who she is uh, paired up against is fully clothed. It did. I did get a little uh, of the same vibes from yeah. this. Um, I guess I'll have more to say about it later because it does happen again. Yeah. I think maybe if it had happened once, I would have been like, okay. Yeah, I didn't really. It didn't dawn on me until the second shirtless. time. Yeah. Um, but I feel like. But realistically, they probably were like, if they're thinking about the demographic of who's going to be watching this, yeah. they probably were sexualizing her. No, a like bit they were more. definitely sexualizing her. Yeah. Whether or not I can accept it is a different like. Yeah. Because. Uh, no, I don't accept it. I okay. was gonna say like guys, guys just have less on when they're getting ready if they're not wearing all their clothes, and girls can be wearing like something that's acceptable to see on television. But mm-hmm. I still, I saw a criticism when I was doing research um, that a critic, after watching the pilot, had said that um, he didn't like it because Chuck was not believable as someone who hasn't been on a date in like five years, which is a fair criticism because yeah. Chuck is definitely like a good-looking dude and even though he's somewhat socially awkward he would be fine yeah he's not like a hermit by any means even though his sister portrays him but like like sarah is bringing out the best in him sarah's bringing the best in him yes and i that was something that made me so happy and makes me sad before like the actual plot of the show starts is because like this is just this is all chuck wants yeah he just wants a pretty girl to go on a date with him yeah and that's the happiest he's gonna be for the rest of his life because yeah. he doesn't know what's about to happen. Yeah. But that's like I, I felt that watching it now when they were on their date and yeah. I was like, this is Chuck is just so sublimely happy. Yeah. It's a little it's a little sad. Yeah. A little irony. Um on their date they go do you have any comments on their date other than they go to a restaurant? Um, they have a really cool date. When I was fourteen and had not been on a date, I thought this is what all dates were like. So I was getting amped. Is this uh, not what all dates are like This is not... I don't know. I may have dropped the ball. If yeah. you're going on dates with me, this is not what dates are like. But maybe I should aspire to have dates like yeah. this. So they go out to dinner, but, and then he, they go to, like, a concert hall? Yeah, they go to a club that has yeah. live music like where live, they can dance. band. They're dancing. Um, we are getting flashes of uh, Casey and some, like, government-type people who 
come into this club and like they're they're spies they should probably know better but they're in literally the most conspicuous like suits with like bulging oh guns. yeah they stand like, out they so stand much, out so much. surprised that no one else no like, one cares freaks out. no one cares when sarah straight up kills them all yeah like, she takes out on knives. the ground she takes out knives not us but knives no. um and she one of the knives it seems is really strong because she like pins a man like we don't see yeah. it but she like pins his arm like his sleeve to like a a column and then he's He's just down for the count. And like, she's doing this while dancing with yeah, Chuck. Yeah, she's dancing with Chuck in, like, the most bizarre yeah. dance routine. She, like, goes between his legs. She, like, grabs his butt. She's, like, doing all this stuff. But she's actually, like, doing it to, like, kill these men. Yes. Um, who, like, fall on the ground dead and, like, everybody just keeps dancing. Right. No one is concerned about no this No one cares. I guess that's, like, I, I don't live in L.A. Like, that could be what happens there. I'll let you know. <coughs> um, they go... They escape, or, like, they go out. I think Chuck, like, realizes something weird is going on. Um, she asks to take his car, which is, like, the company the company nerd herd car. Um, they get in. She's driving. He's kind of stressed out about it, but then he realizes that they're being followed. Um, there's, like, a thing where, like, he's looking forward, she's looking back, or, like, vice versa, and she's, like, tell me when to turn, and he tells her, and she's, like, you're right or my right, and then they, like, go uh, uh, down these, like, stairs backwards, like these stoner kids they're like wow it's a computer emergency and i laughed so hard yeah it's a really good joke it was funny i do like that action sequence yeah. i remember liking that sequence too. yeah it was really good um then they uh there's like a thing where like casey's car like crashes into this barricade sarah yep. is safe they go up to get like air evacuated which was like her her boss told her not to do this and said like I can't help you so I don't know like who's air evacuating them I guess like that was not anything but it's it's gonna be fine. Um, you miss a hundred percent of the air evacuations that you <laughs> do not try. It's true. For. Um, there's like a standoff where she asks him like how he knew Bryce. She reveals um, that like there she's in the government. Casey's in the government that he got, like, he opened an email that, like, included this, like, intersect thing. Nobody has really put together that it's, like, in him yet um, until he, I don't remember exactly what happens, but he realizes that there's, like, this plot. He puts the pieces together of the things that he has flashed on. There's this plot for this, like, assassinating this general guy that's visiting and making a speech in some, like, weird hotel downtown. Um, so he, like, it's like, oh no, they're gonna kill him, and they're like, gonna kill who? And then um, they all kind of put together that the intersect was downloaded into his head, and he has all the information now, so they can't kill him. And they need him to stop the yes. the assassination plot yes. on both this like general secretary of defense type, yeah, but also like I think they know it's a bomb, so there would, yeah. there would be more collateral damage too. Yeah. So they have to stop that. Um, something that I did note was that the porn star Irene Domova and also the assassin are both clearly mentioned as Serbian. So oh. I think the writers of the show had something against Serbia. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know what it is, but hmm. something. Um, they go to this hotel, they like run through a big like fountain of water. They're not wet afterwards, that was a thing Amazon pointed out. That's fine, I didn't notice. Um, there's a bomb in a big food tray that's, like, in the middle of this, like, dinner uh, banquet hall thing that no one seems to, like, notice that there's just this giant, like, silver Yeah, tray. no one's eating, and yeah. there's not waiters. Yeah. There's no, one, a... no one really cares. Um, 
Chuck isn't supposed to go in there, but then he, like, does, and he, like, points out, like, the bombs in there. They say there's no time to evacuate, but, like, everyone immediately leaves, um, and the room is empty by the time that they're kind of trying to defuse the bomb, so, like, there was time to evacuate. Mm -hmm. They just, uh, didn't believe in themselves. Um, Chuck gets a phone call. His ringtone is Any Way You Want It by Journey. Uh, Morgan is calling him for, uh, plot reasons to remind him about the... Uh, how Morgan can't use his computer because of the Irene Demova virus. Chuck immediately realizes that um, the only way to stop this bomb, which is also a computer, and they can't like figure out how to cut the wires or anything, uh, he goes on to this porn star's website, which I have another comment about her, because in addition to saying food is sexy um, in her video, the tagline for her website is anything is possible. Oh, wow. So she's a very uplifting porn yeah, star. Yeah, she's very empowering. Yeah, I would really like to kind of visit her website. Like, I mean, don't, because it will, it will ruin wreck computer. my computer. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, you have, do you have any comments about this specific sequence? Um, no, I just, I, I, once again, I remember this as being a plot point, and I like it. I liked it as a teenager, and I also like it now. Um, I think it's really funny um, that it connects... It takes. It's basically establishing the show and the yeah. tone of the show by saying we have the high stakes action, yeah. as well as this weird kind of goofy humor. Yeah. The fact that they used the porn star virus that's introduced in earlier in the episode in one part of Chuck's life is now coming back to save his mm-hmm. life yeah. at the end. I think it's really smart. Yeah, really story. liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, the episode kind of winds down after that. We get kind of a scene of Sarah and Chuck like on the beach. Um, Chuck Which I didn't realize is like yeah. the. Yeah. yeah, that's like okay. the bookend. Um, he's been sitting there all night. Sarah has been like there, making sure he doesn't get killed. Um, they kind of have a little conversation about where he's like, "What's gonna happen now?" She's like, um, "You're gonna go back to your life, but you can't tell your friends or family, and we're gonna be here. We're gonna be watching you." Something Chuck says is that his salary is eleven dollars an hour. I picked up on that too. Um, so I googled it. I googled it. And uh, the Geek Squad salary is eleven dollars an hour. And also, California's minimum wage is eleven dollars an hour. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't find. I didn't do that part. I just adjusted for inflation oh, for okay. now. All right. What so would it be now? right now, uh, in the year twenty eighteen, um, it's it would be thirteen twenty seven. All right, so, but hour. it's not because they're making eleven dollars an hour still. So that sucks for them. Right. Um, I also looked it up because I was like, wow, that seems really low. So I looked up. Here. It is really low. If you could tip the Geek Squad. And the answer is no, you cannot. No. They will get fired. Oh, so wow. do not tip the geeks, but be nice to them because they do not make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I think this show, one thing I've pointed out uh, to myself in my notes is that the show has a lot of faith in the government and the various government bureaucracies because I think if this were real, they would probably definitely just kill him or imprison him. But they're going to, since this is a show, they're going to like let him go about his life. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Yeah, that's nice. Um, we get to see Sarah in her underwear again. She's yeah, this is at the point where it's like, all right, this is a big. But this time, she's wearing like kind of like boxer, like boy she's shorts. More like an airy model. Yeah. Kind so of. she like it's a little bit different. It's got a little bit of a different vibe. We get to see some serious two uh, thousands flip phone action. It mm. uh, caused me physical pain. Oh. It had like the little like bar where you're like. It doesn't really click, but you kind of like drag your finger over it and it kind of like scrolls. She's scrolling through some pictures. One of them, she's wearing this very bright blue eyeshadow and she's like, it's 
it's a selfie. Did selfies exist in 2007? Yeah, yeah. All right. Sure. Um, also, are <coughs> CIA agents allowed to just have, like, pictures on their phone of them and their, like, partner who is also, like, someone they're romantically involved with? Oh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We gotta find a CIA agent. If any of you are CIA agents and want to come on as a guest, confirm or deny. <laughs> That'd be really nice. If you, uh, assuming you're not undercover, uh, or maybe you are undercover and you want to blow your cover uh, by doing this. Yeah. Um, Aaron might be flying solo on that episode, uh-oh, but. Here it comes. Oh. Oh no! Oh, this is a gentle one. Okay, that was not bad. Templeton was scratching the tower again. Uh, yeah, but then the episode. Yeah, it pretty much comes to an end. Chuck applies to be assistant manager. He has kind of like a standoff with uh, Harry, um, who I forgot <laughs> who about again. E- who then evaporates in, yeah. I'm assuming, an Infinity War style yes. <laughs> closure. Um, we see that there's a new employee. We uh, Chuck is supposed to train him. We briefly meet Big Mike, which yeah. was nice. It was nice to see yeah. my old friend. Um Casey is the new employee, so he's going to be working at the Buy More. Um, Sarah is also there shopping. Chuck has a flash um, on her ring, specifically, which yeah. is like this big blue ring. Um, and I pointed out that I can't like go to any type of venues where I will be applauding wearing rings because like clapping hurts me. So I cannot imagine committing three murders while wearing a very giant ring. I can't clap right now because I'm wearing rings. Yeah. Um, so Chuck is kind of like, oh no, like, I'm attracted to her, but she has, like, murdered a lot of people, and I'm a little bit afraid, and then the episode ends. Yes. It ends in a very, they have all the characters and the location centralized, Mm -hmm. and it feels, I was getting very much like a, this is the end of act one. Yeah. One more day. Kind of thing, like, the stage is set, and now we're gonna get ready for the show, assuming that you buy the pilot, which is probably how that went down. Um... But speaking of ends of acts, I think this is the end of our act. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with some more Go Chuck Yourself! And we're back with Go Chuck Yourself, episode one, talking about episode one of Chuck, the pilot episode, also known as Chuck versus the Intersect. We just uh, just recapped the episode. So now we just got a few more things to wrap up right now. We got a few more segments and uh, a couple more discussion points that we're going to cover. Erin um, is going to take it away with her new segment, Interesting Information what? with Erin Arada. Yeah, the, the name can be workshop. We can come up with a fun uh, Chuck pun at some point. Okay. Any suggestions, you can tweet at us. Chris will... Uh, ADR in our, our Twitter name later. It'll be like, our Twitter is... Yeah. There's a space for it. There you go. Perfect. All right. Good. Um, so interesting information that I found is that this episode won an Eddie Award for the category Best Edited One Hour Series for Commercial Television. It was very well edited. It was really, really it well was. done. Um, so it won an award some other awards that the first season or show won along the line um we can get to as we get to episodes but the um the title sequence i think won maybe even an emmy like it won some big award um which uh probably mostly because of the cake song like 
but also it's it's really good yeah it's really good um something that i commented on earlier but that really blew my mind um it was actually after i finished the episode i just happened to see the amazon description again and it said like it talked about chuck being a 26 year old it just like specifically it was like chuck a 26 year old uh, has these crazy things happen to him um chris and i are both well chris is 25 now i am about to be 25. Oh, I forgot you're not 25. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Chris is old, but soon we will both be, be dead. Yeah, soon we will be dead. Soon we'll both but, be dead because uh, we're so old. Yes. But sooner <laughs> than that, or maybe not, uh, <laughs> we will both be Chuck's age. We are very close in age to this character that both times I was watching it and also now I think of as like much older than me but now that i'm thinking about it like he's 26 uh yvonne her she's 24 when this is being filmed i'm not sure exactly how old um i know that's not uh she does not look like how i uh look at all um they're spies it's a different it's a different life i just i just think she looks older i don't know yeah no but they um they, to me, look and seem much older uh, than I feel at any given time. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to comment on is just uh, some information on the music. One of the things that... This is beautiful. Are you going to do that the whole time I talk? Because you can. No. You can, no. You can keep it up. No. Um, one of the things that kept me watching Chuck when I first started watching it was the music. Um, that's often a uh, a factor for me in starting new shows. Um, and if the music is good, then I assume that the show cannot be bad, um, which has not proven totally false thus far. Charmed had very good music, and Charmed was a great show. Uh, Riverdale has very good music. Riverdale is a great show. So it holds up. Um, this episode was kind of light on the music, in, at least in as far as I remember other Czech episodes the main uh musical sequence that it had was cobra style um i looked up cobra style because i was pretty sure that i didn't know it from specifically chuck although i have definitely heard it um some other things that it appears in because it's a very popular song um is entourage teen wolf friends diary of a wimpy kid b movie sean the sheep movie and commercials commercials for volvo and universal orlando so, the song has been around the block a few times. How is it in Friends? I don't know. I have no idea. That doesn't make sense at all. It, it was, you know, Wikipedia. Take it up with them. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a letter. I don't think that's true. All right. Cobra Style, of course, by the Teddy Bears. Yes, the Teddy Bears. Uh, which I remember the music video having the band wearing bear heads was yes, like their thing. their album cover also has a lingerie model, much like Sarah. Yeah. In a uh, bear head. Yeah, I remember that as well. Yeah, okay. I like the teddy bears. I don't know. I mean, I like the other, other song. songs. I know one other song with the teddy called? bears. Punk rocker. That sounds like a good one. And it's Iggy Pops, the vocals on it. It's really good. All right, that is cool. Um, there's look, a sorry. There's I was a gonna say I thought the music no. was really good in this yeah. episode because they oh, had Cobra they Style. Okay. They had Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is by Jet. Okay. They had. Was that what was playing when they're in the club? No, that was maybe when they're getting ready for the date. Okay. Yeah. Or something, and then they had Cell Phone Is Dead by Beck, okay. um, which samples Herbie Hancock when they're introducing Buy More. And I think that's really cool. Okay. Because it's got a really kind of like, boop, 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 boop. This is 
Watermelon Man. Um, or is it Bay Melter? I don't know. I'm sorry, Herbie Hancock fans. Sorry, I know Herbie. this is probably you read they're, about this in Expressions, the Emerson yes, Alumni Magazine. They're and quitting the podcast I know, now. geez. If you made it all the way to this point and you're like, I hope there's factually accurate <laughs> statements about Herbie Hancock. Um, I'm sorry. It might you not down. be the podcast for you. Yeah, boy. <laughs> really just blew it there. Yeah. Yeah, I like the tunes. Yeah. Good time. Good tunes. And they had the shins in it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. The shins were good. Yeah, that was, that was good. Um, yeah, the, the show has really good music, and yeah. that's a good reason to return to it. There's a playlist on Spotify called Chuck versus the Music, which is a great Ooh. podcast that I listen to, uh, or a great uh, playlist that I listen to pretty often. Mm. Um, and it has, like, I think they go in episode order of, like, when the songs appear. So, like, the first song is Short Skirt, Long Jacket, but then mm. there's, like, Cobra Style, and there's, like, Oh, Jet I'm going to have to so, I'll check this out. Yeah, I it's really cool. It's really Spotify, good. It's yeah. uh, gotten me through many a work day. Cool. That's all my interesting information, but uh, Chris has a segment. information. That's, okay. That's going to be not as fun when we change the name. Yeah. Um, all right, so our next segment is called uh, Chuck, Mary Kill. Once again, we were making a, a play on words with Chuck there. Um, in this case, <laughs> the other one's just a list. It's Chuck, Mary Kill, but the segment is Chuck, colon, Mary Kill. Yes. Um, in which we will be identifying one element of the show that we'd like to marry, and one of the show, one element of this episode that we'd like to kill—not just the show, this particular episode—and yeah. um, uh, Chuck Mary Kill. So, the way that this works is that we say, "I'll I'll say something that I want to marry," and I'll just put this out there as a blanket statement. This applies to all episodes of the show. <laughs> the thing that I want to, the person that I'd like to marry is Ivan Sarovsky. <laughs> Let's get that out there. That's an obvious choice. That is my the the truth statement i have ever said as a human being <laughs> is that that's what i want um no i i don't know i don't know anything about her as a person but she's that's nice. what if i had to marry someone in the show i would marry yeah, her she's like a good person that is every that's like could be the answer for yeah. all of them though so i will not be using that as an answer ever good i may be tempted to but i will i will push myself to find other things okay so um we've both identified things in the episode that we'd like to marry and kill so um for this episode, I would like to marry, it's a line that Casey says when uh, Casey, of course, being the grizzled agent who is thinks he's going to be killing Chuck, but ends up working with him, and then both as a spy and not buy more, um, and ends up being a good guy. But Casey says, while they're dismantling the bomb at the hotel, uh, Chuck's trying to do it, and he's fumbling, and Casey says, that's on an Xbox, and you're not an X-Man, <laughs> which line. I thought was really, was really funny. Good. Because it implies that you have to be an X-Men to use an <laughs> Xbox. Which is not how that works. Yeah, you have to but. be Knives Knives to use a PlayStation 3. But okay. to use an Xbox only. You have to be an X-Men. Yeah, that's the equation. It just caught me off guard. Yeah. And I really liked it. That's really... I, I also like that line. Um, I would like to marry... This is just a general like plotline writing thing. But I loved how the Irene Demova thing was introduced at the beginning and then came up so again. So you do want to marry Irene Demova. Yeah, You're I do. really into no, website I really, yes. and you want to marry Irene yes. Demova. Yes, everything that I have been... All the information I have about her leads me to believe that we would be good friends and or spouses. Food is sexy. Food is sexy. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And then just that plotline. And just the plotline. She line. saves the day. I mean, she's the real hero. It's not Chuck. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, if she wasn't doing stuff with her sexuality and putting it out there, yeah. that bomb would have gone off. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you, Irene. <laughs> Thank you for your service, Irene Demova. Fictional porn star yeah. of 2007. She could be real. Maybe. Yeah. Um, 
So then that was Mary, and now we'll be doing the kill segment, kill. where we're not advocating for violence towards anyone. No, uh, but, we but like kill out of the like plot. Something like, that we did not care for. Yeah, an element of the episode. Um, like kill the lights. Sure. If you didn't like the lighting in the show, that yeah. would be fine. Yeah. Um, I wrote down that I would like to kill Chuck's date outfit <laughs> because I was. This is a I man. I've seen you wear that. No, I. <laughs> it seems like something. So Chuck just basically wears a, he wears like a long sleeve t-shirt underneath a long sleeve button up shirt. Yeah. And it's like very earth tony. Yeah. And um, I, at this, when I was 14 watching this, I would have thought that was a really cool outfit. I probably would have emulated that. I don't think at any point that you've known me that I would dress <laughs> like that. Um, but I was just thinking like this man hasn't been on a date in like five years and he's going out with this stunning blonde woman who he's immediately infatuated with. And the best that he can do is this weird, mediocre shirt. I mean, I guess maybe, but I just would have... I wanted to give him a, a makeover. fashion plates. I know. I know. I know. I would have given him a makeover. I would have made him look a little bit better. But what can you do? Yeah, what can you do? <laughs> uh, my kill also involves clothes, or lack thereof. Oh. Um, I would kill Sarah in her underwear. Mm. Um, Too much. Yeah. At, at least one of them, yeah. probably both of them. Um, she's like obviously very good looking, but I don't think we needed it. Yeah, it was gratuitous. Yeah, didn't need it. Yeah. Um, okay. And she's very stylish, so I would like to see more of what she wears. And you will. I will. I like those chopsticks. They were like dipped in poison. She put them in her hair. That was very like that was a look that I tried in middle school. Yeah. Didn't didn't work. No. And then, uh, at this point, we will answer the age-old question of this show, in which we determine, based on this episode, do we think that Chuck holds up as a series after ten years? Um, would you still watch uh, the rest of would the I series watch it organically for, like, now? another episode? Um, as, a, like, linear TV or as a streaming thing? Like, would I have to come back next week at the same time and same time, the same place? Would your answer be different? for either one. Yeah, because I think, I don't know, I mean, since the advent of streaming, it's easier to, I feel like it's easier to give something another chance. That's But that's with linear TV, you'd be like, I have to make a point to come back here, yeah. which uh, which was not that big of a deal yeah. before yeah, When you were in high school? Yeah. <laughs> what else were you doing on the Homework, Monday night? <laughs> probably. Um, I don't know, I liked having, I still like having the ritual of watching something yeah. at a certain time on a certain day, yeah. but... Um, Streaming-wise, I would definitely watch the second episode. I think it holds mm -hmm. up. Like, some of the writing is kind of, like, like I said before, heavy-handed, I feel yeah. like. And um, especially the, the dialogue on the date. Yeah. There's something about whenever people write first date scenes, it's always incredibly painful. Yeah. Because they're both, they make both the characters, like, kind of flirty yeah. and sassy and making yeah. jokes. But, which, like, I guess that's what first dates are like. Yeah, they are kind and of just, insufferable. Yeah. It seemed too heavy-handed, yeah. but... I, I mean, it is campy, and yeah. it is uh, it is what it is, but I still liked it. I would watch it again. Yeah. So, I'd say it holds up. I think that the things that it does well, it does well enough that, uh, like, I have only ever watched this, um, officially anyway, in, on, in a streaming circumstance, so I was definitely, like, I had been told by multiple people it was a really good show, so even, uh, I think I was at least moderately impressed by the pilot, but even if I hadn't been, like, I had enough of a recommendation, and I had, uh, it was 
very easy to click next on Netflix when it was on Netflix. Now yeah. it is on Amazon. Um, <coughs> I think the action sequences were really good. Really good I think yeah. that the characters were compelling enough. Um, I think as a teenager, um, if I had watched it, and definitely as a young adult watching it, I was um, compelled by the like setting up of the will they won't they of Sarah and Chuck. Mm -hmm. I think I also uh, definitely as a teenager would have been intrigued by the uh, there's there's something going on with Morgan Chuck's friend and Ellie Chuck's sister which we don't know exactly what it is um, other than that he keeps trying to like talk to her and she keeps saying no. Um, I think now I'm not super into that but as a teenager <laughs> I've been like that underdog I want him to get the girl yeah they play it like it's kind of a quirky like yeah. oh, come on yeah. why not me but it's yeah. it kind of comes off as a little creepy yeah now, um, I was I was waiting for him to say something like straight up creepy and he didn't yeah. so no. like points to him but, but like it's it might happen I don't remember exactly what happens but I yeah I think um, I don't know if I had to watch it weekly if I would have given it another chance, but also I gave everything another chance, so probably I would have. Um, I think that it was strong as pilots go, so. Yeah, they introduce a lot, and it's got yeah. a good tone, and it's accessible, yeah. and it's different. Yeah. Obviously, I signed up right away when I <laughs> saw it as a teenager. I thought it was better than Reigns. That's yeah. it. I said it. I think Chuck is better than Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that is basically all we've got for this episode. Um, yeah. Thank you for, God, if you listened to, <laughs> to this at this point, uh, thank you. Thank you um, for listening. Thank you for listening to my cat. Thank you for yeah. listening to just a couple of knives chatting about Chuck. Knives, knives, joined with knives, knives. Uh, so we don't have a closing line yet. Uh, until next time. Uh, I'm Aaron. This is Chris. Go check yourself. I was going to say my name. That's fine. Yeah, go check yourself. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Harokawa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us using at gochuckpodcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.